ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Anthology of Horror. I am your host and narrator, spring Jack, and today I will be doing another long-requested episode layout that I pretty, pretty much just started with, and today I'm going to be cynically reading dumb fucking horror stories that I found online, also known as ghost stories shorter and less enjoyable than my penis. I should take this time to inform all of you that this podcast is not safe for work or for school or for your kids or for your sensitive neighbor, or for anybody that's easily offended by cunt, shit, ass, or dick jokes, because I tend to be offensive, and I tend to get called out on it quite a bit. You've been warned. So to all regular listeners, thank you very much for tuning back in. I genuinely appreciate each and every one of you. To all new listeners, welcome. Uh, Thank you for joining us. This is an unconventional podcast where I uh, value your time, and I have not sold any of my airtime to corporate overlords because you're kind to me i'm kind to you it's a fair trade thank you for never dicking me around and i can give you guys the same courtesy by valuing your time because nobody wants to listen to me talk about how i genuinely appreciate this new security system that i found online because i've always been nervous leaving my home unattended while you're at work however that being said when i'm short on material which is most episodes or underprepared also I uh, tend to play some comedy sketch routines that none of which belong to me. They also don't sponsor my show. It's also not real. It's also a big fucking joke. But on that note, that's enough of me talking about nothing. Thank you all for tuning in. And we're going to kick it off right now, good and proper, with a message from somebody that doesn't exist, nor do they sponsor me. Are you tired of dad? Dad, no one wants to hear your stupid Vietnam stories. Are you tired of mom? Hi, Angel. Do you want to read a book or go outside? No! The arcade comes to your living room only without the creepy guys offering to show you puppies. Awesome! The Genitron, you can play video games just like you were in the arcade. Excellent! The Genitron gaming system plays three exciting games, including Defender of the Faith, where you save the green dots with your fantastic flying red square. Cool! Monkey's Paradise, where you swing from green dot to green dot with your red square monkey. That's red! And Penetrator, where you smash the green dots deep inside the mysterious red square. Wow! The Degenitron brings arcade realism to your living room. It can even take quarters, and a strange, sweaty man comes by to empty the machine on Fridays. Degenitron! Degenitron, fighting the evil of boredom. I'll never go to school again! Degenitron! Do you guys remember the arcades? I fucking do. And I remember when they all started getting the owners arrested for selling meth and porn. <laughs> oh, to be young. The good old days. If only you kids knew. <laughs> anyway, so I did a quick search online for terrifying stories. The scariest, as always, the scariest ghost stories ever fucking recorded. And I'm going to cynically read them, as is my custom. Unless uh, I'm man enough to admit when I get scared, but I've yet to really stumble upon one that does. I was told these creepy pastas were fucking terrifying, and I'm sadly disappointed. So, this one alleges 11 of the best scary stories that will scare your socks off. Enter if you dare. Oh, I fucking dare. Uh, disclaimer. Beware. These scary ghost stories are certainly not for the faint of heart. Even those who love horror movies and dive right into frightening books will get chills from these tales. You might actually live near one of these haunted spots. 
since the stories come from all over the country. Country is nondescript. I imagine it's the United States. Or after reading through this roundup, maybe you'll be inspired to visit one of these spooky sites mentioned yourself. If you live on the East Coast, you'll be especially interested in the crying bitch in the Dakota, a famous apartment building located in New York City. John Lennon himself claims he saw the ghost roaming the halls of this residence. John Lennon himself claimed, please. For those living in the southern part of the United States, there are a handful of stories that originated there. <laughs> Hugging Molly, a haunted figure, fi- excuse me, Jesus, a haunted figure in Abbeville, Alabama, Abbeville, Alabama, maybe, reportedly chases and embraces people around the town. Oh, for fuck's sake. In Eureka Springs, Arkansas, there's a property called the Crescent Hotel that's allegedly haunted by a number of ghosts. We likely won't be booking our stay there anytime soon, pussy. And in St. Francisville, Louisiana, a ghost named Chloe haunts the murder. We've been over Chloe, for fuck's sake. Okay, so that's their cute little disclaimer. I'm not scared yet. But let's talk about the Sloss Furnaces in Birmingham, Alabama. Said stories, not fucking list of locations. Uh, misleading already. It's a weak start. Birmingham, Alabama was founded in 1871. For those of you that can't count, that's five years after the Civil War. And with the need for tons of pig iron to fix America's crumbling infrastructure to satisfy demand, Colonel James Withers Sloss, <laughs> badass name, started construction on the Sloss furnaces. A year later, the company opened its doors to hundreds of eager employees. And according to the official website, that is. Although working on blast furnaces was for the time an advanced job, it was also quite dangerous. And that danger was soon realized as many of the workers started be- being incinerated in the furnaces or, and or falling to their deaths. Conditions only worsened in the early 1900s after a cruel foreman, nicknamed Slag, last name conveniently of Wormwood, took a job at Sloss. And according to Reader's Digest, Wormwood took dangerous risks in order to increase the production, and I would imagine his bonus. As a result, nearly 50 employees died uh, on the site alone, and many were involved in god-awful accidents during his tenure. Allegedly, in retaliation, the workers stuffed him into a furnace in 1906. Now, hold, please. Doesn't that sound a lot like them stuffing the fucking cook for the Queen Mary in the furnace and cooking him? Yes, because it probably didn't fucking happen. Because it's something terrible that people make up. You can still tour the grounds today, if you dare. While there, you... Might just hear the voice of Slag telling his employees to hurry the fuck up and get back to work, along with other paranormal occurrences. Uh, Okay, Sloss even hosts a fright night every year around Halloween that's based heavily on Slag's story and geared towards advertising, quite clearly. Um, hmm. Let's talk about that crying bitch. The Dakota is an apartment building in New York City. It's been home to many rich, famous residents since it's opened back in 1884. John Lennon, Yoko Ono, moved into the building in 73, and John was shot and killed outside the structure on December 8, 1980. Before his death, John claimed he saw a crying lady ghost roaming the halls. And after John died, Yoko, who still lives in the building and still makes weird sheep noises when you give her a fucking microphone, said that she witnesses John's ghost sitting at his piano. And Yoko says, John... Yoko says that John told her... I'm not reading that romantic shit. Uh, okay, let's see. The Bell Witch from Tennessee. If you're a scary movie lover, you might actually know about The Bell Witch. The films in American Haunting and The Blair Witch Project are based on the story. 
way back in the early 1800s, a man named John Bell moved his family to the area in Tennessee that was called Red River. To those of you that live there now, it's called Adams. After they had settled in their new home, some weird shit started to happen. The Bell family began hearing weird noises, including dogs barking, chains rattling, rats chewing, women whispering, and soon that, that woman became known as the Bell Witch, the Whisperer. And many people believe she's the ghost of a former neighbor of the Bell Kate Bats. Wait, former neighbor of the Bells. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Former neighbor of the Bells, and her name was Kate Bats. Bats and Bells had a dispute over land, and she swore vengeance on the Bell family before she died. Later on, Bell died from poisoning, and it's rumored to be the work of the Bell Witch. If I could just tug my flaccid penis to entertain myself with some of these. I'm in a weird mood today. I'm not sorry about it, though. Spend the night in the haunted Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Oof, no thank you. Which opened in 1886. During construction, a worker named Michael was killed, and his ghost still haunts room 218. The hotel... Sidebar. Speaking of haunted rooms and hotels, sometimes they give discounts on those rooms. I stayed in a really fucking nice hotel in the Gaslamp District in San Diego. Ugh. For nothing. Guess how haunted that room was. Fucking... I don't know. I slept in it. Who cares? Uh, the hotel came under the ownership of known medical fraud Norman Baker in 1937, who fancied himself a doctor. He turned the hotel into the Baker Cancer Hospital, claiming to have a cure for the disease, which I uh, don't think he did. Patients who died under his care were buried in the basement. It served as a makeshift morgue. He was arrested in 1940, but his spirits are said to still remain. And since the hotel is still open, guests often say they see apparitions and hear noises during their stays. I've also heard rumors. I've never done this because I'm not a fucking unemployed piece of shit, but... If you scream loud enough about the ghost in your room, sometimes they upgrade you. Uh, let's talk about Abbeville, Alabama. It's best to stay away from this place when the sun sets. If you want to avoid hugging Molly's chilling embrace. <sighs> I'm not reading that shit. I'm not reading the rest of this article. Countryliving.com, you fail. You're not scary. What scary stories, not scary locations. Oh my God. Okay, here we go. Susan and Ned were driving through a wooded, empty section of highway. Lightning flashed, thunder roared, and the sky went dark in a torrential downpour. Now we're talking. This is spooky shit. We'd better stop, said Susan. Ned nodded his head in agreement. He stepped on the brakes. Suddenly, the car started to slide on the slick pavement. They plunged off the road. What? Why? And slid to a halt at the bottom of an incline. Pale and shaking, Ned quickly turned to see if Susan was cool. She nodded. So he relaxed. And he looked through the rain-soaked windows. I'm going to go see how bad it is, he told Susan. And when... Then he went out into the storm. She saw his blurry figure in the headlight. Walking around in front of the car. And a moment later, he jumped in beside her, soaking wet. Car's not badly damaged, but there's a wheel that's deep in the mud. I'm going to have to go and get help. Susan swallowed nervously. There would be no quick rescue here. He told her to turn off the headlights and lock the fucking doors until he returned. Axe Murder Hollow. Although Ned hadn't said the name aloud, they both knew what he had been thinking when he told her to lock the car. This was the place where a man had once taken an axe and hacked his wife to death in a jealous rage over her alleged affair. Supposedly, the axe-wielding spirit of the husband continued to haunt this section of the road. 
Outside the car, Susan heard a shrill shrieking noise, a loud thump, and a strange gurgling noise. But uh, she couldn't see anything in the darkness. Frightened, she shrank down into her seat. She sat in silence for a while and then noticed another sound. It sounded like bump, bump, bump. It was a soft sound. It was like something being blown by the wind. Suddenly, the car was illuminated by a bright light, and an official-sounding voice told her to get out of the car. Hey, yo, bitch! Why don't y'all get out of the car right now, y'all? Ned must have found a police officer. Susan unlocked the door and stepped out of the car, and as her eyes adjusted to the bright light, she seen it. Hanging by his feet from the tree next to the car was the dead body of Ned. His bloody throat had been cut so deeply, he was nearly decapitated. Ha! <laughs> nearly headless Ned. Ugh... The wind swung his corpse back and forth, so it thumped against the tree. Susan screamed and ran toward the voice in the lights, and as she drew close, she realized the light was not coming from a flashlight, but standing there was the glowing figure of a man with a smile on his face and a large, solid, and definitely real axe. Well, how does that happen? She backed away from the glowing figure until she bumped into the car. Playing around when my back was turned, the ghost whispered, stroking his sharp blade. <laughs> With his fingers, you've been very naughty. The last thing she saw was the glint of the axe blade in the eerie incandescent light that alleged to have happened in Pennsylvania. Someone commented on this. This story left me on the edge of my seat. I wanted more. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Are you serious? It scared the H-E. Is asterisk asterisk out of me. No joke. This is scary. I can't believe that sad face. That was scary. You should read it. Ugh. Yeah, not that scary, for fuck's sake. It takes a lot to scare me. Not that I'm tough or anything. It's just like I have a very high tolerance, or low tolerance, suppose, I guess, for bullshit. Oh, this one looks like it's actually written by someone that speaks English. Okay, this one is called, oh my god, Black Aggie. When Felix... Agnes put up a life-size shrouded bronze statue of a grieving angel sitting on a pedestal in the Agnes family plot in Druid Ridge Cemetery. He had no idea what he had started. Yeah, okay, first year of fucking being an English major. The statue was a rather eerie figure by day, however, frozen in a moment of grief and terrible pain. At night, the figure was almost unbelievably creepy, and the shroud over its head obscuring the face until you were up close, at least close enough to look at it. There was a living air about the grieving angel as its arms could reach out and grab you if you weren't careful. Yo, sidebar, like the Sphinx murder location in Pasadena? Go look at those fucking things if you're around the area. Those things are terrifying. Don't know why. Scared my dog. Scared me. Took pictures of him. The face looks different every time. If you want, want a copy of the picture, email me. I'll send them to you. It didn't take long for rumors to sweep through the town and surrounding countryside. They said that the statue, nicknamed Black Aggie, was haunted by the spirit of a mistreated wife who lay beneath her feet. The statue's eyes would glow red at the stroking of midnight. And any living person who returned the statue's gaze would be struck blind and dumb. Any pregnant women who passed through her shadow would miscarry. If you sat on her lap at night and gave her a lap dance, the statue would come to life and either sit on your face or crush you to death in her dark embrace. If you spoke Black Aggie's name three times at midnight in front of a dark mirror, the evil angel would appear and pull you down to hell. They also said the spirits of the dead would rise from their graves on dark nights and they'd gather around and have a jerk-off soggy waffle game around the statue. People began visiting the cemetery just to see her, and it was then that the local fraternity decided to make the Statue of Grief part of their initiation rite. 
Black Aggie, sitting where candidates for membership had to spend the night crouched beneath the statue with their backs to the grave of General Agnes, became quite popular. However, one dark night, two fraternity members accompanied new hopeful cemetery or new hopeful recruits or fucking pledges or spankies, whatever the fuck they call themselves, to the cemetery and watched while he took his place under the creepy-ass statue. The clouds had obscured the moon that night and the whole area surrounding. The dark statue was filled with a sense of anger and malice. It felt as if a storm was brewing in that part of the cemetery, and to their chagrin, the two fraternity members noticed that gray shadows seemed to be clustering around the body of the frightened fraternity candidate, Prospect, crouching in front of the statue. But what had been a funny initiation right suddenly took on an air of danger. One of the fraternity brothers stepped forward in alarm to call out to the Prospect. As he did, the statue above the boy stirred a bit, he thought, and the two fraternity brothers froze in shock as the shrouded head towards, turned towards the new candidate. They saw the gleam of glowing red beneath the concealing hood as the statue's arms reached out towards the cowering pussy of a prospect. With shouts of alarm, the fraternity brothers leapt forward to rescue the new initiate, but it was far too late. He gave a horrified shriek, and then his body disappeared into the embrace of the dark angel's crotch. Fraternity brothers skidded to a halt as the statue thoroughly rested its crotch on his face and its glowing eyes upon them. With gasps of terror, the boys fled the cemetery before the statue could grab them, too. Hearing the screams, a night watchman hurried to the Agnes plot, and much to his dismay, he discovered the body of a young man laying at the foot of the statue, who had apparently died of fright. The disruption caused by the statue grew so acute that the Agnes family finally donated it to the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C., and the grieving angel sat there for many years in storage, never again to plague the citizens visiting Druid Hill Park Cemetery. That's kind of creepy if it's true. I wonder if they actually do have that fucking fucker. <laughs> hmm, Black Aggie. Huh? Okay, I need to look that up. I want to see if they have pictures of it. If it's a real thing, about to be debunked, let's see. Black Aggie, Black Aggie, yeah. Okay, it's a real thing, and it made all the hair at the back of my neck stand up. That story was definitely spooky. Ugh. Yo, she's quite frightening. Yeah, you guys want to fucking get an uncomfortable erection? Look up a picture of this bitch. She's doing the side eye and everything. Yo. Okay, scary. I say scary. I'm mad enough to admit when I'm scared. That's scary. Oof. Ick. <laughs> wow. Okay. Nicely said. Let's go on to this next one. This one's called Black Magic. But we're going to get back to uh, Black Magic right after a word from our fake sponsors. Old Max. We go everywhere together. Right, boy? At Pet Stuffers, we know there's nothing like a relationship between a man and his dog. Sometimes you just can't let go. Max, you didn't eat your food. That's the second week in a row. Max? When the unspeakable happens, just put your four-legged friend in the refrigerator or freezer. Then call Pet Stuffers. We'll be there within a week to pick him up, and in less than a month, he'll be back as good as new. Through an ancient Egyptian miracle process called taxidermy, you and your best friend will always be together. Yeah, that's a good dog. Pet Stuffers, when you just can't let go. And coming soon, grandparents forever. Oh, God. <laughs> That's pretty spooky. All right, black magic. Mad Henry was a hermit who lived alone in a decrepit mansion at the edge of town. Rumors were wild about this crazy-ass old man. Some folks said that he was a magician who called upon the powers of darkness to wreak havoc upon his neighbors. 
Others called him a mad doctor who could restore life to foul corpses from the local cemetery and have sex with their asses. But no respectable citizen in town had anything to do with old Mad Henry, that's sure. Then one year, a fairly new family moved to town with a beautiful daughter, with a very unattractive name, Rachel, who caught Mad Henry's eye. He showered the bitch with gifts, goblets of pure gold. <laughs> what is it, fucking Saudi Arabia? Necklaces of pearls and a, oh my God, and a pot of daisies. That, oh, I've heard this. And a pot of Davies, daisies that never dropped a petal. Despite the gifts, Rachel as is the custom of people with this name, fell in love with another named Joffrey, a handsome young man just home from the university. A week after meeting, they eloped, leaving behind a very angry Mad Henry. When Rachel and Joffrey returned from their elopement, they threw a big party and invited everyone in town. While Rachel was waltzing with her father, her daddy, if you will, she heard a clap of thunder, and lightning flashed again and again. Suddenly, double doors blew open and a breeze whirled in bringing with it the smell of dead things. And Mad Henry, Henry loomed in the doorway, pupils gleaming red with anger. He was followed by the grotesque figures of the dead who came marching two by two into the room. Their eye socket glowed with blue fire as they surrounded the room. Two of the corpses captured Joffrey and threw him down to the feet of their lord. Red eyes gleaming, Mad Henry drew a silver-bladed knife and casually cut his throat from ear to ear. Ugh. Rachel screamed and ran forward, pushing through the foul, snake-ass corpses of the dead and flung herself upon her dying husband. Kill us both, she cried. But Mad Henry picked her up out of the pool of blood surrounding her dead husband and carried her out into the night. Behind him, the army of the dead turned from the grisly scene and followed their master. The sounds of thunder and lightning faded away as the alchemist and his dead companions disappeared into the dark night. Joffrey's father, Rachel's father, gathered a small goon squad and followed the evil hermit and his army of the dead intent upon saving Rachel. And when they searched Mad Henry's house, they found it completely empty except for a light, which shone from a series of mysterious globes bobbling near the ceiling of each room because old Henry had vanished. Search party secured the countryside after, not long, after, after the first night, but they scoured the rest of it for days, turning up nothing. Joffrey was buried in the local cemetery and the dance hall was torn down. No one in town spoke about what happened, and no one dared imagine what became of poor old Rachel. A year to the day after the ball, a timid knock sounded upon the door of Rachel's parents' home. When her father opened it, he saw a gaunt, gray figure on the stoop. Her eyes were dull with exhaustion and pain, but it was Rachel. Her tongue had been cut out, so she couldn't speak. But when she produced a knife from her tattered garments, the knife with the silver blade that they had last seen at the hands of Mad Henry... The gleam of satisfaction in Rachel's eyes told them that the streaks of blood that coated the knife were those of Mad Henry, and that night Rachel died in her sleep with a peaceful smile upon her ravaged face. Well, that was fucking a bummer. <sighs> this one is called Bloody Bones. Way back in the deep woods, there lived a scrawny old bitch who had a reputation for being the best conjure woman in the Ozarks. How do you get that title? With her bedraggled black and gray hair, funny eyes, one yellow, one green, and her half-cocked nose, old Betty was not a pretty picture, but she was the best there was at fixing something that ailed a man. And that was all that counted. Well, you see here, old Betty, they turned blue. Old Betty's house was full of herbs and roots and bottles, filled with conjuring medicine. <sighs> <laughs> Okay, 
The walls were lined with strange books brimming with magical spells. Old Betty was the only one living in the hollow who knew how to read. Oh, my God. (laughs) Her granny, who was also a conjure woman, had taught her skills as part of her magical training. Just about the only friend old Betty had was a tough, mean, ugly old razorback hog that ran hog wild around her place. It rooted so much in her kitchen, uh, garbage and leftover spills started affecting it. Some people swore up and down that the old razorback hog sometimes walked upright like a woman. One fellow claimed he'd seen the pig sitting in the rocker on old Betty's porch, chattering away to her while he while she stewed up potions in the kitchen. But everyone discounted that story on account of the fellow who told it was a drunk. <laughs> Rawhead was the name old Betty gave to the razorback, referring maybe to the way the ugly creature looked a little bit like the uh, some of the dead pigs coming through the butchering line at the hogs called Hollow. But the razorback didn't seem to mind the stupid-ass name. Rawhead kept following old Betty around her little cabin and rooting up the kitchen leftovers. He'd even walked to town with her uh, when she came to the local mercantile to sell her remedies. Well, folks in the town got so used to seeing Rawhead and old Betty around town that it looked like mighty that it looked mighty strange one day around hog driving time when old Betty came with mercantile without him. Where's Rawhead? The owner asked as he accepted a basket full of home remedy potions. The liquid in the bottle swished in an agitated manner as old Betty said, I ain't seen him around today, and I'm mighty worried. You see him around town. Nobody has seen him around town today. They would have told me if they did, the mercantile said. We'll keep a lookout for you. It's mighty kind of you. If you see him, tell him to come home straight away. The mercantile owner nodded in agreement and handed over her pay. Old Betty fussed all the way home. It wasn't like Rawhead to disappear, especially not uh, not like this on the day when they went to town. The man at the mercantile always saved the best scraps of meat f- for mean old Razorback Rawhead, and Rawhead never missed a visit. When the old conjurer woman got home, she mixed up the potion and poured it onto the plate. Where's that old hog got to? She asked the liquid. It clouded over, and then a series of pictures formed. First... Old Betty saw the good-for-nothing hunter that lived on the next ridge, sneaking around the forest, rounding up razorback hogs that didn't belong to him. One of the hogs was Rawhead. Then she saw him taking the hogs down to Hogscald Hollow, where the folks from the next town were slaughtering the razorbacks. Then she saw her hog, Rawhead, slaughtered with the rest of the pigs and hung up to be gutted. That's fucked up. The final picture in the liquid was a pile of bloody bones that had once been her hog, and his scrapped clean head lying with the other hogs' heads in the pile. Is this a fucking PETA commercial? Old Betty was infuriated by the death of her friend. It was murder to her. Fucking shit. Someone wrote this with an agenda. Everyone in three counties knew if Rawhead was her friend and that lazy, hog-stealing, good-for-nothing hunter on the ridge is going to pay for slaughtering him. (sighs) Yeah, so put the shit on fucking Live Leak and start breaking his fingers. We've seen these videos before. Now, Old Betty tried to practice white conjure magic most of the time, but she knew the dark secrets, too. She pulled out an old secret book. Her granny had given to her and turned to the very last page. She lit several candles and put them around the plate containing the liquid picture of Rawhead and his bloody bones. Then she began to chant, Rawhead and bloody bones, Rawhead and bloody bones. The light of the window disappeared as if the sun had been snuffed out like a candle and dark clouds billowed into the clearing where old Betty's cabin stood. And the howl of dark spirits could be heard. Rawhead and bloody bones, rawhead and bloody bones. Betty continued the chant until a bolt of silver lightning left the plate and streaked out through the window, headed to the direction of Hog Scald Hollow. When the silver light struck Rawhead's severed head, 
which was piled on the hunter's wagon with other hogsheads. It tumbled to the ground and rolled until it was touching the bloody bones that had once inhabited it. As the hunter's wagon rumbled away towards the ridge where he lived, the enchanted rawhead called out, Bloody bones, get up and dance. Immediately, the bloody bones reassembled themselves into the skeleton of the razorback hog walking upright, and his rawhead had often done when he was home alone with old Betty, the head hopped on top of the skeleton, and Rawhead went searching through the woods for weapons to use against the hunter. Oh my god, it just goes on and on. The Borrowed the sharp teeth of a panther. Where the fuck was there a panther in America? The claws of a long-dead bear and the tail of a rotting raccoon to put him over his head and bones. Then Rawhead headed up the track towards the ridge, looking for the hunter who slaughtered him. Rawhead slipped past the thief on the road and slid to the barn where he kept his horse and wagon. Climbed into the loft, waited for the hunter to come home. Blah, 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 blah. It was dusk when the hunter drove into the barn and unhitched his horse. Horse was scared, sensed the presence of the raw head in the loft, and wondering what was disturbing his usually calm horse, he looked down and saw a large pair of eyes staring down at him. He looked up and saw a large pair of eyes staring down at him from the darkness in the loft. The hunter frowned, thinking it was one of the local kids fucking off in his barn or maybe getting his dick sucked. Lando Goshen, what have you got those big eyes for? He snapped, thinking the kid was trying to scare him away with a freaky-ass mask. To see your grave, Rawhead rumbled softly, and the hunter snorted and put his horse in the stall. Very funny, y'all, the hunter said. When he came out of the stall, he saw Rawhead crept forward a bit further, and now his luminous yellow eyes and his bear's claws could be clearly seen. What do you have those big claws for, he snapped. You look stupid. To dig your grave, Rawhead intoned softly. His voice was a deep rumble that raised the hairs on the back of the neck of the hunter. He stirred uneasily, not sure how this crazy kid in the loft could have made such a scary sound, but it might not have been a crazy kid. Feeling a little spooked, he hurried to the door and let himself out the barn, and Rawhead slipped out, out of the loft and climbed down the side of the barn behind him. Why, nary a rustle to reveal his presence, Rawhead raced through the trees and up the path of the large moonlit rock. He hid in the shadows of the huge stone so that only things showing were his gleaming yellow eyes, his bear claws, and his raccoon's tail. Why? When the hunter came level with the rock on the side of the earth, he, he gave a great startled yelp. Staring at Rawhead, he gasped. You nearly knocked the heart right out of me, crazy fucker, Lando Goshen. What have you got all that crazy tails on for? To sweep your grave, y'all, Rawhead boomed, his enchanted voice echoing through the woods, getting louder and louder with each echo, and the hunter took his heels and ran for the cabin. <laughs> he raced past the old well house, past the woodpile over the rotting fence and into the yard, but then Rawhead was a lot faster, and when the hunter reached his porch, Rawhead leapt up from the shadows and loomed above him. The hunter stared up in terror to look at Rawhead's gleaming yellow eyes and his ugly razor-black hog's head. His bloody bone skeleton with its long bear claws, sweeping raccoon's tail and gleaming sharp panther teeth. Lando Goshen, what have you got those big teeth for, he gasped, desperately stumbling backwards from the terrible figure before him. To eat you, like you ate me, Rawhead roared, descending upon the good-for-nothing hunter. The murdering thief gave one long scream in the moonlight, then silence, the sound of crunching, nothing was ever heard of the lazy hunter. Oh my god, fuck off. It fucking sucks. <laughs> okay, here we go. Bloody Mary. After a word from someone that doesn't sponsor me. Knights of the Road, here's your stallion. 
The car for freedom. Freedom. The car for hot excitement. Excitement. The car for a man who is alone against the elements. No one bought you thunder. The pride is back. It's the power of a compact. Looks small, but it's so big. Fuel injected. Inject me. My Batsu Thunder. On toll road of life, you have to pay to prove you can. Live the emotion of an individual. Thunder. The awesome power of nature distilled into one vehicle. Wow. Because after you're struck by lightning, there's thunder. The My Batsu Thunder. Okay. Bloody Mary lived deep in the depths of the forest in a tidy college and sold herbal remedies for the living. Folks living in a town nearby called her Bloody Mary and said she was a witch. Nobody dared cross the old woods for fear that the cows would go dry and their food stores would rot away before the winter and their children take sick fevers or any number of terrible things that any angry witch could do to the neighbors. The fucking witch hunting in this country is just fucking heinous in history. I know I say it a lot, but they're just like burning people with good tits at the stake. I think that owned land or had good tits, which was one or the other. Or both, in some cases. But that being said, I'm not saying I wouldn't have participated. People have to participate. Even if you think you wouldn't, you probably fucking would have, because witch hunts still happen. So, blow me. Anyway, so, then the little girls in the village began to disappear one by one. Nobody could find out where they had gone to. Grief-stricken families searched the woods, the local buildings, and all the houses and barns, but there were no signs of the little girls. They checked the wells and the fucking mine shafts. A few brave souls went to Bloody Mary's home in the woods to see if the witch had taken the girls, but she denied the knowledge of their disappearances. Still, it was noted that her haggard appearance had changed. She looked younger, far more attractive, greater tits. And the neighbors were suspicious, but they could find no proof the witch, had had, the witch had taken their young ones. Then came the night when the daughter of the miller rose from her bed and walked outside, following an enchanted sound that nobody else could hear. The miller's wife had a toothache and was sitting in the kitchen, treating the tooth with an herbal remedy of cocaine and flannel shirt when her daughter left the house. She screamed for her husband to come and follow the girl out the door because she was busy. But the miller came... The, uh, the miller came running up in his nightshirt, and together they dragged the little girl and tried to restrain her back inside, but she kept breaking away and heading out of town. The desperate cries of the miller and his wife woke the neighbors two miles away, and they came to assist the frantic couple. Suddenly, a sharp-eyed farmer gave a shout and pointed towards a strange light at the edge of the woods. A few townsmen followed him out into the field and saw old Bloody Mary standing beside a large oak tree, holding a magic wand that was pointed towards the miller's house. Uh, she was glowing with an unearthly light as she set her evil spell upon their daughter. The townsmen grabbed their guns and pitchforks and ran to the witch. When she heard the commotion, Bloody Mary broke off her spell and fled to the woods. The far-sighted farmers had loaded their guns and with silver bullets in case the witch ever came after the daughter. What? What? The far-sighted farmer had loaded his gun with silver bullets because she was a werewolf in the event that the witch ever came after his daughter. Now he took aim and shot at her. The bullet hit Bloody Mary in the hip, and she fell to the ground. The townsmen leapt upon her and carried her back into the field where they built a huge bonfire and disassembled her systematically and burned what was left at the stake. As she burned, she screamed a curse at the village. If anybody mentioned her name aloud before a mirror, she would send their, her spirit to re avenge herself for the terrible death that she just experienced. 
and when she was dead, the villagers went to the house in the woods and found the unmarked grave to the little girls that the evil witch had, in fact, murdered. She'd used their blood to make her young again. And from that day forward, anyone foolish enough to chant her name three times before a darkened mirror will summon the vengeful spirit of the witch, and it's said that she will tear their bodies to pieces and rip their souls from their mutilated asshole. The souls of these unfortunate ones will burn in torment as Bloody Mary once was burned, and they will be trapped forever in that fucking mirror. Okay, that one gets a scary vote just because I fucking hate mirrors. But, eh, eh, kind of creepy, I suppose. Ooh, this one's off one of the most depressing songs I've ever heard. At least the name is the same. That is Dance with the Devil, a Texas ghost story. Yes, everything's a lot more agreeable in Texas, it seems, with stories. So, the girl hurried through her schoolwork as fast as she could. It was nighttime, and it was the night of the high school dance. Along with about 70 years... Along about... What? Oh, my God, it's an ESL fucking story. Hurried through her schoolwork as fast as she could. It was the night of her height... What? It was the night of the high school dance, along about 70 years ago in the town of Kingsville, Texas. What the fuck? I'm not judging all Texans based on this, but this one is fucking awful to read. The girl was excited about the dance. She had brought a brand new sparkly red dress for the dance. She knew she looked smashing in it. It was going to be the best evening of her life. (sighs) Then her mother came in the house looking pale and sickly. You are not going to that dance, said mother. But why, the girl asked her mother, I've been talking to them preacher. He says the dance is going to be for the devil, y'all. You are absolutely forbidden to go, y'all, her mother said. The girl nodded as if she accepted her mother's word, but she was determined to go to the dance anyway, y'all. And as soon as her mother was busy, she put on the brand new sparkly red dress and ran to KFC Hall where the dance was being held. As soon as she walked into the room, all the guys turned to stare at her. She was startled by all the attention, y'all. Normally, nobody noticed her. Her mother sometimes accused her of being too awkward to get a boyfriend, y'all. But she was not awkward this night. No, no. And as it is such, so also as such, is it unto you. The boys in her class were fighting with each other, trying to call dibs and what have you. This was the night they realized that shit doesn't work. Later, she broke away from the crowd and went to the table to get some punch to drink. She heard a sudden hush. The music stopped. When she turned, she saw a handsome man with jet black hair and clothes standing next to her. Dance with me, he said. She stammered, yish, completely stunned by this large, gorgeous man. He led her out onto the dance floor and the music sprang up at once. She found herself dancing better than she'd ever danced before. Turned the two-step into a three-step and so on. They were the center of attention, the toast of the town, hmm? y'all. Then the man spun her around and around. She gasped for breath, trying to step out of the spin, but he spun her faster and faster, and her feet felt warm. The floor seemed to melt underneath her. He spun her even faster, and she was spinning so fast that a cloud of dust flew around him, and they were both hidden from the crowd. But when the dust settled, the girl was gone. The man in black bowed once to the crowd and disappeared one time. The devil had come to this party, and he had spun the girl to hell. It was almost there. Almost there. So fucking close. All right, that website's done. No more of that. 
Here's some personal testimonies from people that got scared at something once. This one's ice cream, you scream. And there's a disclaimer at this one. We love a good ghost story. So when we asked around to see if we knew anyone with real-life spooky experiences, we were not disappointed one bit. Enjoy our collection of ghost stories. If you're brave enough or have big enough balls to read on, or if you're patient enough to listen to one more message from someone that doesn't sponsor me. Throughout human history, people have come to these shores to pursue the American dream life, liberty, and the chance to exploit others and get one over on your fellow man. Some people say America is a Wild West Darwinian nightmare. But hey, we have the best fried food and theme restaurants in the world. To take full advantage of the remarkable opportunities of this land of select freedom, you've got to understand the language of freedom. Some call it American English. Others call it backwater stump jumping gibber speak. But to us, it's plain old redneck. It's the language of government, business, and the language of friendship. And now you can learn real spoken English fast with this exciting 40 cassette program called Learn Redneck Pretty Fast. Available in Spanish to Redneck, French to Redneck, Japanese to Redneck, English, and of course Latin. Just listen to this vocabulary lesson. Repito hermana. Girlfriend. Bueno. Order now and you'll get a commemorative spit tune and a videotape that shows you how to cook armadillo. Armadillo is good eating. It's like a lobster, except you can run over it and eat it. Called now. Well, I'm not one to scoff at a good deal, y'all, but that sounds like a pretty good deal, y'all. <laughs> All right. So this one is dedicated to anybody with a loud upstairs neighbor, because my sister and I were staying in an old historic hotel in the middle of nowhere, Montana. The building had been in use since the 1800s, and my sister loves this place and has frequented it many times over the years with men that she found she's found on street corners. I was kept up all night by somebody pacing around on the hardwood floors in the room above us. Drove me fucking nuts. In the morning, I asked my sister how she could sleep through it, and she told me that the upstairs of the building used to be a ballroom, but now it's carpeted and empty. The hotel staff confirmed that nobody was up there, and furthermore, if there were, we wouldn't have heard their heels on the hardwood floor. Weird. That was from Christy. Looks an awful lot like the girl from Jurassic Park, the little one in the first movie. This one is titled, That's Right. I was at a slumber party in the 8th grade with a few of my friends when we decided stupidly to have a seance in an unfinished basement. That's how that always happens. We were having fun and giggling as we were trying to figure out who to summon when I when someone suggested Jack the Ripper, in parentheses, a serial killer from the late 1800s. And I immediately got a pit in my stomach. Oh my god, are you too? You always have a pit in your stomach. No, I spoke up. We shouldn't summon anything evil. That's right, called a man's voice from the other side of the cellar. There were no boys or men in there. We were home alone, so we thought, and another girl and myself heard it. I'll never been the same. Abby. These are not written well. That is a spooky story. I don't know why man's voice was capitalized, or the exclamation points were in parentheses, but... Almost scary. Keep at it, kid. One day you'll write a good one. My family traveled to the south of France to stay in a cottage owned by somebody my dad worked with. This one's called Demon in the Dark. The owners visited occasionally, but that summer it was free, and we had ten solid days of glorious debauchery booked there. Uh, after a long two days on the road, we drove down a steep driveway towards a secluded mill college. 
with a water wheel. Oh, it sat static alongside the stone house. There was a deep cellar with stone stairs down under the wheel next to the house with a very small river circled in place. We went into the house and chose the room that we wanted, but being set down in a small, tiny-ass house with a draft and cold from lack of use, we settled in and turned all the heaters on. Yet the house remained cold and still felt damp. First night, we had a fire in the living room and listened to a couple of audiobooks before my sister and I passed out. My parents stayed up a little longer, and then they went to bed after that. And it starts sometime around midnight. They both woke up exactly the same time, and the door to their bedroom was opening slowly. At first, they thought it was my sister until a large, dark silhouette of a huge Frenchman framed the doorway, standing stock still, just looking in their direction as if appraising them. Three guesses what this guy does for a living. After a short period, the shape turned and started to move on as if satisfied and then disappeared. They looked at each other, didn't speak, went back to bed, as you do. Next morning, the house felt warm and dry, and sunlight was back in the windows as if something had lifted and accepted them. They spoke the next day and agreed that although they were skeptics, it could not have been anything other than something supernatural, deciding their worth, or the Airbnb owner that forgot his fucking keys. This one's called Full Heart, Wet Hands. And it starts with, so I used to live at this address, and then there's no address. Okay, thank you. The houses were built to house the people building the railway in Derby in the 1800s, and I only found this out after I left the house, thank fuck. It was a creepy house, really foreboding. Foreboding, it says. Jesus Christ, this is Patricia Krenwinkel, fucking Hilter Skelter. And every time I washed my hair in the shower, every time I opened my eyes, I expected something to be there. I think they wrote a song about this. When you're in the shower, you're afraid to wash your hair. You might see someone standing there. Anyway, I came back from an afternoon lecture. One afternoon, opened the door, walked up the first flight of stairs, and saw a wet handprint on the floor. A really wet handprint. It was a bit like, um, strange at the moment, but I didn't freak out, y'all. It was just out the ordinary. What the fuck is wrong with you? So I walked up to see my housemate, Ed. I opened the door, and he was on the phone with his girlfriend. Not crying, but massively in distress, so he was crying. That was when the penny dropped. He then told me that as he was walking up the stairs earlier carrying a glass of water, he felt something cold penetrate him, almost pushing him, causing him to drop his water, picked up the glass, and sprinted upstairs. The water falling out of the glass had created a handprint on the floor, literally a handprint. Every digit was in proportion. I did freak out at that moment as I'd put the two and two together. I told everyone to get out the house, which we did, but then sheepishly returned after our... After a FIFA session at another friend's house. Oh, my God. It was genuinely terrifying. Might not sound it, but it was ha-ha. And all true. If someone offered me $50 to go back and spend the night there by myself, despite the fact that I lived there for a year, almost instant-free, I wouldn't. There's something there that didn't want six college freshman guys living there. Yeah, anything that owns a home, I think. Unfortunately, I don't have a photo. This was in 2012. Prior to the culture of taking photos or selfies of everything, you're a fucking idiot, dude. That started, like, when did the first camera come out? I wish I had, had a camera, though. Alex, you're an idiot. <sighs> Number five, house for sale slash currently occupied. When I was a child, we lived in a haunted house. Strange things happened all the time. For example... 
I'll get into that after a message from somebody that doesn't sponsor me. The key to feeling great is looking great, and the way to look great is to have great hair. That's great. Take your hair higher. Take your hair to the limit. With sissy spritz, when you're clubbing or sticking your head out of a stretch limo sunroof, you want to know your hair is performing to the limit. Higher. Gonna get higher than the sky. With Sissy Spritz, it's hair for the future, not the past. When you have great hair, people know you're a winner. Gonna fly on my own hair tonight. Sissy Spritz may cause dry mouth, dilated pupils, paranoia, heart palpitations, and nosebleeds, but your hair will be great. Alright, so strange things happen all the time. For example, my dad and I were alone in the kitchen one day making some meth, and when we put a plate on the kitchen counter and walked away to the fridge, we got what we wanted out of the fridge, turned around, walked back to the counter, and the plate flew off the kitchen counter and wasted all our products on the floor. My dad tried to calm me by saying the plate must have been blown off by the wind, but let's face it, the plate wasn't near the edge of the counter and there were no windows open. No one was in the home. Weird. Oh my God, I also woke up to an old lady standing by bed on more than one occasion. I told myself, dreaming. Wow, compellingly written. This part might be dark, but here's the rest of the story. Years later, I looked up the address and found that an old couple lived there for many years right before we moved in. Apparently, the house was broken into and the old woman was raped and murdered. Jesus Christ. Old man sold the house and moved. We were the first occupants since the incident. That's pretty fucked, man. We only lived there for about a year. My parents swear we moved so quickly because we got a better deal on a different house nearby. But we know it was because the house was haunted and the priest they brought in to bless it told them to move. No joke. Christy. Yeah, there's nothing really funny about rape and murder, Christy. <sighs> Theater, I hardly know her. That's this next one. This better be written a whole lot better, or it's like we can get in the kibosh. In college, I was part of in college, I was part of our drama club, and we used a 100 plus year old opera house in downtown Bidford, Minnesota, as our theater. So I was there alone, doing work on the set for our very next show, and of course, being alone in a theater is always creepy. Yes, it is. Uh, this theater was old enough to have the wooden walkways above the stage that went from one side to the other, called the catwalk. And as I'm painting, I could have sworn I heard somebody run across them numerous times. Oof. I try to block it out, but that's nearly impossible. And just as I'm about to finish, I hear something fall from the stage. Even though I couldn't find anything, it convinced me that it was time to go home for the day. Apparently there's a story of a ghost of an opera singer that died there in Halloween, but I never believed in bullshit. Nice, Mike. Neither do I. Okay, Mike, you've saved this website for one more story. This one's called Kitchen Nightmares. Okay, get ready for this story. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Right after a word from our sponsor that doesn't sponsor us. What makes a real American? A cowboy hat? Enjoying a fine T-bone steak? Going to a baseball game? Shooting a gun? Maybe it's the freedom to go into a poor country and tell them how to do things. Heh, those are all great qualities. But one thing that makes a true patriot is the ability to choose an American car. When you buy an import, you take a hot meal off a hard-working American's table. There, there. This poor girl is going to starve to death just because you bought a cheaper, more efficient Maibatsu. Without gross symbols of excess, what will Americans have to look up to? Our great industries are threatened. Cars, pornography, armaments, and they need your help. So the next time you buy a car, a piece of adult literature, or a missile defense system, make sure you do the American thing. Hmm. 
Not a job, an adventure. All right, so get ready for this story. So I was closing up the bar one night after a long shift, and I was carrying a rack of glasses into the kitchen. So I slipped on the wet floor I just mopped because I'm real smart, fell to the floor, and let out an instinctual, eh. Immediately after, as I'm sitting on the wet floor, I hear a low-pitched moan. Eh. It was so audible, I actually thought it was a real person. Who else would be? This was startling, considering I was the only person left in the bar. I stood up, completely frozen, and yelled, Hello! Again, immediately, I heard the same low-pitched moan. Uh, except this time, it was louder. Now I'm starting to freak out a little bit, but for whatever reason, I decided to walk around and look a little closer to where I heard the sound coming from, and I yell very loudly, Hello! For the third time, I hear a very loud low-pitched moan. Yeah! And that was it. I ran back to the kitchen, grabbed a huge kitchen knife because I'm an extremely proficient as a knife fighter and nobody was going to take that from me and use it against me. I could find uh, the biggest one because it seemed logical. Grabbed my purse, ran out the door, and never looked back. Left the bar unlocked and everything. Funny, trying to explain the next day to the chef why he was missing his very expensive knife during his morning prep and the creepiest part... I come to find out there was some sort of an accident that occurred in the restaurant years before with the son of the owner. And word around town was that he died in the bar. True fucking story. Exclamation point. Cat. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Ooh, this one's short to the, very short to the point. It's called The Roommate. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and my roommate is giggling and playing with my hair and in the morning she doesn't remember. The end. Uh, okay, well, that's something. But as a sleepwalker myself, stranger shit has happened to assholes, so fuck yourself. Get a new roommate then. Uh, this one's called Please Stop Moving the Kitchen Table. My house was fraught with weird shit happening when we first moved in. Kitchen table would move overnight 12 to 18 inches. So the length of your dad's dick moves the table, huh? My keys will disappear and show up in the weirdest places, like in my quilting trunk. Okay, my son Christopher went into the basement and things came flying off the shelf at him when nobody was looking and he also saw somebody walking on our wraparound porch once but there wasn't anyone walking there. The more obvious one was a few years ago and twice this happened. I was sweeping the kitchen floor. The door of the porch started shaking uncontrollably like somebody was trying to open the door without turning the knob or fucking themselves with the knob. It lasted about 15 seconds. Keep in mind, this is a wraparound porch completely enclosed. I knew it. I knew it was bad because my dogs, who will bark at a butterfly flying past the window, all looked up the door and backed up. Both times it happened, I was, I was doing the same thing at about the same time at the same place and in the evening. By the way, as a side note, I walked into the kitchen table one night while going to the shitter, and it was not the first time I walked because I walked into the kitchen table because it was moved, so I just said, please stop moving my shit, and it never moved again. Which my mom used to tell a story about that, about how she had this music box that would go off in the middle of the night every night, and then she said, stop, and it did. The end. <laughs> okay, this one is a very funny pun. Orb, you glad I said banana? Oh, boy, and it's a Queen Mary story. I love debunking bullshit. I have a photo of ghosts from the Queen Mary in Long Beach, California, exclamation point. The ship is notoriously haunted. Something about a collision with a Russian star. You're a fucking mouth-breathing idiot. Something about a collision with a Russian submarine. It hit a fucking tugboat that's parked next to a Russian submarine. Jesus Christ, this person's stupid. I went there in junior high with some friends, and we found an old ballroom that had weird vibes. We found, found an old ballroom, huh? We were dancing around and playing in here, and my friend's mom took some photos. We got them developed. There were orbs. Even a ghostly hand showed up in one of them. I was also just in New Orleans the same time last year. 
We stayed in a house on St. Charles built in the 1800s. My fiance saw a ghost two times in the house. Ashton, fucking drown yourself. You're an idiot. Oh, my God. Fucking people suck ass. I got another message from someone that doesn't sponsor me to uh, help quell my bad mood. Are you tired of your couches getting ruined? Oh, Grandpa. I made tinkles again. If you've got old people cluttering up your home, why not send them to Musty Pines? We'll help bring back dignity, and we promise it will be the best three months of their lives. They'll enjoy bingo, complaining, mumbling incoherently, skinny dipping and organ donation. And once a month, it's our famous Lucky Dip medication switching night. Musty Pines is located at a luxurious location overlooking Vice City's state-of-the-art sanitation facilities. You can still visit your old people, but now you have the comfort of knowing you don't have to. After they pass on to something better, guaranteed in three months or less, you can start enjoying their money. Finally, you can have quality family time again. Musty Pines. Now, you don't have to say goodbye. drive through service also available. For some reason, I don't doubt that that place actually exists. <laughs> oh, to be young. Come on, there's got to be something other than one kind of freaky story. <sighs> you motherfuckers. These ESL stories are just dumb American stories. They're fucking brutalizing my... my my mood here. <laughs> okay, here's another one. Very big description. Twelve terrifying ghost stories you should never read alone. Yeah, I, I drank the fucking Kool-Aid on this one. I clicked it. <laughs> Whether you believe in ghosts or not, it's tough not to get freaked out when you're alone and you hear something go bump or a voice in the night. These stories below will freak you out so bad that it's best to read them with somebody, we promise. Preferably a friend and not a stranger who crept up behind you on the street. Fair. This one's called a cell phone. Or the cell phone. A couple months ago, my friend's cousin, a single mom, brought a new, bought a new cell phone, and after a long day of work, she came home, placed her phone on the counter, and went to watch TV. Her son came to her and asked if he could play with the new phone, and she told him not to call anyone or mess with text messaging, because it used to cost 10 cents a letter. Old people, you remember that, so do I. At around 11.20, she was drowsy, so she decided to tuck her son in and go to bed. She walked to her room and saw that he wasn't there. She then ran over to her room to find him sleeping on her bed with the phone in his hand. Relieved, she picked the phone back up and had to inspect it. And browsing through it, she noticed only minor changes, such as the new background of his ball sack, new banner, etc. But then, she opened up her saved pictures. She began deleting pictures he had taken until only one new one remained, and when she first saw it, she was in disbelief. It was her son, sleeping on the bed, but the picture was taken by somebody else above him. It showed the left half of an elderly woman's face. Man, that is fucking terrifying. Ugh. Spooky. That did make all my hair stand up. Because it's feasible. Okay, this one's called Ghost, bro. My house was built in 1904. It was a single-family home. Wood frame setting on a concrete block foundation. God bless America. I've been living here for about 12 years, and out of all the weird shit that my siblings and me have seen or heard in the house, this one event is my favorite. This happened to my brother about 10 years ago. My brother and his best friends had started a garage band playing mostly Mexican rock. Uh, alternative music, essentially, but in Spanish. His friends could only get together on Sunday afternoons. They would practice in the early morning, and then they'd usually call it quits by 8 p.m. This was the time I usually show up and go to bed, because I work the graveyard shift. I like you already. 
This happened in late fall, so the days were getting shorter, and they had just finished a long day of pissing off all the neighbors on their Sunday when the decision to head to someone else's house came up. My brother handed his car keys to his buddy so they could load up the equipment, and everybody had filed out of the basement. But the tricky part was that they needed to walk all the way to the back of the basement, up the back stairs, through the kitchen doorway, down the hall, the living room, and out the front porch. Everyone was outside, sitting in my brother's truck, waiting for him. My brother was walking up the back stairs when he remembered he left his pancakes in the to-go container sitting on a speaker in the basement, so he decided to go back. Now, the basement is not clean. With full sight lines, there had been partitions made, and the boiler and main heating unit are right there in the middle. So after my brother walks back, he's about to retrieve the food container when out of the corner eye, he sees it, and it was a shadowy figure right in his periphery. And the feeling of dread and uneasiness washed over him. We'd been taught that if you're in the presence of a spirit and you feel a bad vibe to say a quick prayer or to swear at it loudly and or throw your shoe at it. My brother chose the latter. He basically said, Hey, go fuck yourself, Holmes. I don't have time for this shit. And my brother started to walk to the back of the basement, briskly up the stairs, closing and turning off the lights as he walked out. And the last light switch is on the opposite side of the front door. Luckily, the door was open and the light switch and the light from the street lamp was flooding the living room with its amber light. So my brother said he felt something at his back, but at no point did he turn around or acknowledge it. As he flicked the last light switch, the living room went dark, as did the rest of the house. And as he stepped out, he pulled on the door, closing it behind him, still holding his food container in one hand as he jogged down the few porch steps, walked towards the front gate and our our, just so you know, our house resides far from the main street, essentially having a large front yard but no rear garage. And as he closed the gap between himself and his friend-laden truck, he kind of smelled and he kind of smiled and thought things over in his head, mad at himself for spooking when there was no reason. So he climbed into the driver's side of the truck, putting on his seatbelt and getting ready to be pulled out of the parking spot directly in front of his house when one of his friends asked, Hey, wait, what about your brother? Isn't he coming? My brother answered, what do you mean? He went to work early tonight. He's already off. Do you see his car? Next question they asked was, so who was that walking behind you when you were leaving the house? Ugh. All right, that's two for two. Jesus Christ. I'm going to fucking go jerk off and have a cigarette, and here's a word from someone that doesn't sponsor me. Do yourself a favor. Pick up your telephone. Call now. 1-866-9-SAVE-ME. What better place to witness 40,000 years of nuclear winter than from the comfort of your very own space-ready nuclear bunker? When we raise 25 million, we will build a 50-story tall likeness of me. If we raise 300 million, the statue will rotate so I can look over this great city and cast an evil eye on degenerates. And when the imminent nuclear strike occurs, those who put faith into action with sufficiently generous contributions will join Join me inside the Pastor Richard Salvation statue as we blast into space. Contribute to the Pastor Richard Salvation statue fund. Pick up your telephone. Call now. 1-866-9-SAVE-ME. That was a very scary one. This one's called The Rocking Horse. One night, when I was maybe 10 or 12, I had trouble falling asleep. My bedroom was the entire top floor of our house, with my bed being on the left side and my storage closets and play area on the right. I was lying in bed when I heard a noise from the other side of the room, and I see the rocking horse begin to rock. It was sitting just outside of one of the storage closet doors. It proceeded to rock its way halfway across the room and stopped dead under the ceiling light. 
At this point, I started to freak out, and I buried my head under the blankets and didn't peek until morning. That's how you do it. It was all confirmed to not be a dream by the rocking horse because it was still in the middle of the room when I woke up. Furthermore, I got a stern reprimand from my parents for being up out of bed playing with my toys past bedtime. Their bedroom was directly below the storage closet play area and had heard the the creaking of the rocking horse shuffling across the room. Scary. All right, these have all spooked me so far. This one's called The Following. My older sister has a ghost that's followed her around for years. That's fucking sweet. (laughs) I lived with her once for about three months And so much weird shit happened in that time All my sister would say to me when I mentioned it was The ghost didn't like me being there (laughs) Oh boy Sounds like someone had a boyfriend under her bed Things like going to bed with everything locked up and switched off And waking up in the morning with everything open and turned on Happened a lot Lights on, kettle on One night my sister and I were getting ready to go out And I'd ask to borrow her liquid foundation, whatever that is I used it and put it back where she kept her makeup. And ten minutes later, she asked me for it, and it was nowhere to be seen. Yeah, you stole it, asshole. She accused me of taking it, and I had to buy her a new one. And she refused to listen to my side of the story because she was being hysterical. About a year later, when she was packing up to leave, she found the makeup in a shoebox with some old letters. Shoebox was in a zipped-up suitcase that was underneath her bed. Okay, so you forgot where you hid the thing you intended to steal from her, but you still stole it, because that's all that makes sense. Nice try. But the most scared I ever felt was one afternoon when I was the only one in the house, which never happened, as four other people... Jesus. Four other fucking people lived there? Oh, to be poor. I'd arrived home from work and headed straight into the bathroom. I'm poor, for what it's worth, but this is... Four people stuffed in a house is a little insane. If it's, I imagine it's a small house. All the doors slash windows were closed. I was standing in the bathroom, started squeezing a pimple on my chin, when a female voice in the hall said, Stop picking your zits. It was loud enough and sounded real enough, and at the time, I thought it was my sister, so I laughed, told her to go fuck her mother, and asked what she was doing for dinner. No answer, so I stuck my head into the hall, and there's no one there. Ugh. I searched the house top to bottom, and there was nobody home, so I sat on the front porch until somebody else got there because I was too frightened to be inside alone. Eh. Eh. I think you just were writing an elaborate story because you stole your sister's shit and you got caught. All right, so this next one I almost didn't bite because it looked like a fucking waste of my time and it said, uh, like, this one's an interactive experience, so I might scream like a little bitch, and if I do, I'll run it, but because it might be a jump scare. It says, while playing around with WhatsApp, I stumbled across a weird chat history between two people I don't know. It scared the fuck out of me. Tried to find it again. The app crashed and kept crashing. But luckily, I had made a copy of it. Here it is. So I'm going to read it as, uh, you know, as it comes. But it's a conversation between two people via AIM, which was an old, like, kind of texting similar app for the computer or the PC for you young fuckers. And it starts with Annie. You asleep? No, guess you're not either. Can't. It's the wind. Sounds like cats fighting. What's your excuse? Smiley, tongue-sticking-out face. I'm studying. So that's what they call porn now? Uh. Annie, what the fuck? Not denying it. Um. Ignored. I still can't believe what Johnny did today. Me neither. That guy has issues. What the fuck? The wind's so loud. That doesn't sound normal, lol. 
No wind over here, just rain. Mm -hmm. Lucky you. I need my beauty sleep, y'all. Goddamn right you do. <laughs> oh, that's mean. What? You mean I look... Shit, I heard footsteps outside. Get to your crazy dead to check it out, yo. I'm home alone. The family is on vacation. I told you this. Really? Till when? We should hang out. Winky face. That really sounds like footsteps, but there's something weird about them. I should look out the window, but my bed's so warm. Sure you want to look out the window when you're alone? What if there is someone in your garden looking up at you? Hmm? Not funny, David. Wow, chill. I'm sure it's nothing. Gonna check. Be right back. If there's something strange in your neighborhood, who are you gonna call? Not you, fuckboy. David, there's someone in the garden. What? Really? Yeah, I can see a man's back. What is he doing? He's looking for something on his hands and knees in the bushes. I've been to one of these truck stops. I've seen this person. It's a scary story. He must be high, probably looking for his missing meth. Yeah, it's all fun games to joke. David, this is serious. What should I do? You should call the police, you fucking mouth breather. Nothing. He'll probably go away by himself. Oh my god, now he's digging. He's ruining my garden. Shit, he's turning around. What does he look like? Hmm? What does he look like? David, what the fuck? This isn't funny. What? How are you doing that? What are you talking about? Annie's typing. I can see that it's you in my garden. How are you writing here without touching your phone? Look up. I'm in the window. Can't you hear me banging on it? Fuck, Annie. You're scaring me, too. I'm definitely not in your garden. That isn't me. What? Stop playing around. I can see your face, and you're wearing that stupid football jacket you're so fucking proud of. Must be somebody who looks like me, honestly. I'm home. I wouldn't play around like around like that. It has to be a friend of yours, David. Playing a sick prank. How else could you be wearing... How else could he be wearing your jacket? There are loads of jackets like that. My friend doesn't... My friends don't look anything like me. You just have me on the mind. Wink face. He's digging again. Fuck. Fucking leave already. Andy, do you have a gun in your house? Who wants to know? Don't be stupid. I couldn't shoot anybody. You don't have to use it. Just show that you're carrying it. It's like an insurance policy. You don't necessarily want to use it, but you're glad that you have it should you have the need arise. You know? Doesn't that jacket have your name on the back? Yes. The team all got one with their name on the back. I can see your fucking name. What? What the hell, David? Any of that jacket's in my closet. Fuck, he sees me. Why is he smiling like that? He's coming. Call the cops. Call the cops. Annie, pick up. Annie, pick up. Annie, pick up. I've called the cops, told them there's a break-in attempt at your place. They said they're on their way, but it takes about half an hour. Where the fuck do you live? Live in fucking Kandahar? Come on. Annie, are you there? 
It's in the house. Can't talk. Have to be quiet. Lights off. I'm in the closet with a knife. Hard to type. Shaking too much. Fuck. Fuck a doodle do. Hang in there. The police will be there in 20 minutes. Do you know where he is? It's not he. The look it had when it saw me. No person could look like that. Jesus Christ. Does it know where you are? No, I grabbed the knife when I saw it running towards the house and got in the closet when I heard it breaking in. Okay, good, you'll be fine. A druggie doesn't have to have the brains to find somebody hiding in the closet. The police will be there soon. Oh, God, it's calling me. It doesn't sound like you, David. Its voice is so deep and masculine. Filling the house. Filling my head. What's it saying? Come out, Annie. I just want to look at you. Ugh. Keeps refreeding that phrase over and over again. <sighs> Have I gone mad, David? Is this what that feels like? Yeah, probably. I think that's probably pretty accurate. Just ten more minutes. Keep it together. You're so strong. You're going to get through it. It's coming up the stairs, but so slowly. Weird steps. Why does it look like you, David? Why you? You're ugly. I don't know. Just believe me. You're going to be fine. Can you make it stop, please? I would if I could, but I can't. I called the police. They'll stop it. It's at the end of the hall. David, I didn't say anything to my parents when they left. I was listening to music. Is that the last time I'll see him? <sighs> Annie. Annie's typing. This has something to do with you, David. Only you can make it stop. Think fast. I don't know. Annie, please just fucking shut up. Please. It might be because I think about you so much. I think about you all the time. What? So stop. I don't know how. It's scraping something on the wall and getting closer. Please, David. I'm trying so fucking hard. <laughs> it's slowing down. Try harder. Whatever you're doing. Whatever you're doing, it's working. It stopped. I can't hear anything. Really? Don't go out there yet. Stay put until the police show up. What should I tell them if he's gone? Everything. Everything you told me. I didn't know you felt that way about me, David. Smiley face. I'm so glad it stopped. Can you come over in the morning? I really want to see you. Of course. I'll be there. Great. Can't wait. Woohoo. Annie. Annie. How do I know this is you? Oh, God. Annie 96 went offline. Yikes. Uh, God, that's fucking scary. That's really fucking scary. I was expecting something to jump out and scream at me, not fucking be emotionally terrorized. <laughs> that was a good one. This website is fucking getting bookmarks, man. They got sleepers for days. They got good shit. That's another one that leaves me fucking anxious and leaves me with another message from our sponsors that don't sponsor us or exist. For thousands of years, Americans have looked for answers to life's difficult questions. Now, millions of people just like you are finding answers and taking charge of their lives through the original patented and proven program of Valhalla's finest deity, Thor. Treasure awaits you, but beware of your womenfolk. Treachery is deep within her. 
By the coming of the spring, she shall be no more. Thor changed my life. Author of two best-selling self-help books translated from the original runic into 25 languages, Thor has helped millions realize their dreams. Beware the trap set by the frost giants. Carry your magic hammer. Available on record or cassette, the personal Norse power program looks to the myths of the Vikings for answers. Can you give my husband and I some advice to help keep things hot in the bedroom? Take a longboat and 20 of your finest men. Head to where the sun sets. There you will find a village. Pillage, plunder, and burn all that you find. And if you order now, you'll receive Thor's subliminal tape series, so you gain wisdom of the gods while sleeping. Accept the crystal cup. At the feast, beware the dwarf. Thor's Personal Norse Power Program. Call now, 866-PILLAGE. That's 866-PILLAGE. Oof. 866-PILLAGE, huh? This next one's called, from the same website, The Whispers. This is a story I do not often tell, I promise. Sincerely, that this has scarred me for life, and although I have never looked into the psychological explanation for what I heard and natural explanation for what occurred, Wait, what? I have looked into psychological explanations for what I heard and natural explanations for what occurred, but they remain unsatisfying. But when I was a child, I was frightened by the dark. I swore to mother that I heard voices in it. They weren't evil, but they weren't familiar, and so it scared me. (laughs) It was not uncommon in the middle of the night for me to wake up and hear the voices, as I would call them, when asking my mom. She figured they were just bumps in the night and shit, typical kid nightmare material. And I tried often to explain to her that it was more than that, and they sounded different from one another the way that other people's voices do. On some nights, I would get so scared from these whispers that I would sleep in my mom's bed with her. Mm. It was an added bonus that the bedroom was directly outside the bedroom door of my late-night tinkles. I believe it means that her mom lived across the hallway from the shit station. I should add at this point that when walking out into the hall to go to the shitter, you looked directly down the stairs that would lead to lead you into my living room on the first floor, as my mom's bedroom was on the second floor. Thank you, Captain Obvious. And on one such night around Christmas, I woke and felt the need to piss. I walked out from the door and distinctly heard the phrase, Look! And to my astonishment, a red light, almost like a spotlight, was cast upon the wall at the very bottom of the stairs. The light had no other source. It was by itself, and I was transfixed by it. Being a little kid... And it was only a few days from Christmas I knew what the light was. It was Santa Claus. How else could they have gotten into my house to know that I was being a good boy? I was so excited I began to walk down the stairs to greet him. Oh my god, this is sad. Picking up my pace after the second step as it began to creep off the wall and fade into the darkness of the living room. That's when I heard him, a very strong, very masculine voice, different from the first. Not at all like my father's. Not to say he's not masculine, he just speaks like a bitch. And it said, stop right now, go back up those stairs. I listened, turned around, and what happened next, I'm not sure. I would believe if somebody had told me the same story. After reaching the top of the stairs, I heard a very loud crash that sent me running to my mom's bed where I jumped straight under the covers and stayed there the whole night. When we awoke the next morning, the poinsettia lights, little Christmas flowers that glowed red, my mom had put on the railing of the stairs were pulled straight down to the bottom of the stairs and some had broken from what seemed like a forceful tear laying in a single crumpled pile, and the dry sink in the living room had fallen from the wall. Wow. My mother couldn't explain it. My father was worried that we had been the victims of a home invasion. My sister was crying. There was nothing missing, though. Nobody had been broken in. 
Uh, there didn't seem to be any reason for what had happened. And then I saw it, and I kept quiet about it because I was so afraid I could not force the words out of my mouth. There, on the edge of the wooden dry sink, which had been facing up, were three indentations where the finish on the wood had been worn, almost as if in a forceful grip. Something had grabbed it and threw it down. Uh, that was what the bang was. Come on, dude, it's like an air conditioning unit. If you're mad enough, you can rip it out of the wall. I was mortified, and after that day, I have never heard a single voice again. I do not like to imagine what was waiting downstairs for me that night, if it was, in fact, anything, but I can tell you that the reality was that something had physically acted upon two things in my house near the bottom of the staircase. After this, I had never heard another whisper again, which is sad, because in more ways I'd like to thank the man, or the masculine thing, that had stopped me from going down those stairs. Happened when I was seven, I'm now twenty. And because of the incident, I am still afraid of the dark. Even shadowy stairwells, especially. Alright, let's debunk that. So some fucking junky, busted-ass tweakers broke into your house. They're coming down hard. So they start fucking fighting with each other. One of them has a soul, and he sees you coming down the stairs. It's like, hey, yo, yo, get back up those stairs, you little bitch. And you go back up the stairs. And then they fight each other. They forgot where they came. They wander around for a little bit, touching shit, and they leave. Tweakers. Meth is the reason for that story. This one's called The Grandfather. My grandfather told me this story about how one time he was sitting in a chair in front of my house when he heard his wife repeatedly calling him from inside the house. That thing is, my grandmother passed away a few years before that, though. But he told me that the voice was so pressing, he got up to look inside the house, and as he got inside, he heard a loud crash behind him, turned around to see that the chair he'd been sitting on moments ago had been crushed by the cast-iron gutter that fell on it. If I hadn't come inside the house, he probably would have been seriously injured. I don't know if it's paranormal or not, but every time I think about it, it sends chills down my spine. Um, well, why do you have cast iron storm drains, you fucking idiot? This one's called the crib shadow. I was babysitting my niece once while I was staying at my brother's place. They had the baby camera set up so I could see her on the little TV and be a very bad nanny. I was studying and started dozing off when I heard some whispering and realized it was coming from the monitor, y'all. I'm terrified of these fucking things for a reason. I initially thought it was this, it was some weird feedback or something, but then I looked at the TV, and there was a dark shadow near my niece's crib. I've never been more terrified in my life. But the shadow was clearly there, and it wasn't there before. I ran to my niece's room, looked around, saw not a thing, but I took her the fuck out of there, went back to the TV, and the shadow was gone. I told my brother what happened, and he pulled me aside and told me not to mention it to my sister because she'll freak out. But that he had seen the same thing several times ugh, with the same whispering. They stayed in that house for four more years, and when my niece was just learning to talk, she would tell Mom about her special friend. Oh, my God. To this day, it scares the shit out of me. When they moved, brother told me the niece had become inconsolable and very sad because she would miss her friend. Her mom would tell her she could bring him along, but all she would say was that he couldn't leave the house. So we have never, to this day told her about that fucking shadow and she apparently never saw it again uh, and another message from someone that doesn't actually sponsor me highlighted hair vacant brain dead look in your eyes something missing complete the look complete the look with men's eyeliner at vice city's one-stop shop for people who are cool when they cry wow you look ambiguous complete the look man this website's a fucking winner they have some strong stories here. I didn't expect to get scared by any any of these. And they're all fucking solid. This one's called The Shadow. 
I didn't know that's what it was called until much later, but I was living in a house in Laguna Beach, California, that had been there since the 1920s. And it's, in its history, it had been a speakeasy, a brothel, and a house for smuggling Mexicans. Nice. One day, my new wife and I were having an argument. I don't even recall what it was about because I wasn't listening. She walked down the block to be hysterical and get a cup of coffee and chill the fuck out, and I was alone in that house. And the way the place was built was incredibly weird. There was a bedroom and a living room on one side and a bathroom with two entrances on the other, and on the other side was a bathroom with a hallway. On the other side of the bathroom was a hallway that had windows in one side and two bedrooms in the other. From the bedroom, I could see across the hall into the bathroom and then through the bathroom and down the other hall. Uh, and I was standing at the dresser. Wait, what? Then through the bathroom and down the other hall. Got it. I was standing at the dresser, and I just noticed movement out of the corner of my eye, and I looked down. There it was, and honest to God, it gives me goosebumps just typing it. Seventeen year, And it's been 17 years, and it was a black figure. Maybe three feet tall. Oh, he was after your lucky charms, no doubt. And it was only vaguely human-shaped, but it looked like a bunch of black scribbles, like somebody had scribbled a human shape, but the scribbles moved like arcing, like electricity. But that's the only and best way I can describe it. There were, there was no sound from what I could remember. And I distinctly remember when I saw it, I wasn't afraid. It was like, what the fuck? And it noticed me looking at it, and I can't say it turned around. It just focused on me, I guess. And then I was scared. I didn't move. I didn't scream, nothing. But I was frozen because it just fucking came at me. It bum-fucking-rushed me down the halls. Uh, I have no idea what it wanted to do, but as soon as I entered the bathroom, the door closed, and I just slammed shut on it. I screamed. I yelled for my wife. called for my mother. She wasn't home. So I went the fuck outside into the daylight and didn't go back until she got home about ten minutes later. I don't believe in ghosts. It seems like you do. I don't believe in anything supernatural. But I know I saw something, and I don't know what it was. Oh, my God. Just admit it, dude. It scared you. How, this one's called Princess. How did the princess take control of our message board if only for a few seconds? Doesn't make any sense. Our message board wasn't a video game. Our message board was pulled. Our message board pulled all this information from the internet. The princess was already inhabiting a game at the same time. And all these rules we thought we knew. And all the things we thought kept us safe had failed us. Could she have done this at any time? Could she do it again? Were there really any limits to what she was capable of? What? We looked through all the data we've collected. We tried to find some common thread we'd been missing. This better get a lot better real fucking quick. We tried to find some common thread we'd been missing. There must have been some way we could have known there had been... There had to be more answers than what we were seeing, and then there were... If only you could write. We finally realized the truth. It was obvious. The princess had been in our messages board the whole time. She was on every page. She was on every... What the fuck does that mean? She was on every forum list. She'd been staring at us, watching us for years, and we never even saw it. She was the banner at the top of the forum. She was every screenshot we posted, every photo we uploaded, every picture, fan art we'd taken down or drawn or uploaded, every image of her, every image of her we obsessed over and we observed gives her power. She's not a ghost. She's not a computer virus. She's a living fiction. She lives on observation and thoughts of her. We watch her on the screen, banded together, gave her all the intention at once. We made her more powerful than ever before and we went strong and manifest. You're fucking stupid. We took down all the images and from what we speculate, it's enough to simply never look back at them again, but we deleted them just to be certain. However, it may already be too late for us. I've been losing contact with other members of this society, and I can't tell if something's happening or they're just going into hiding, but at this point, only a fool wouldn't consider the worst-case scenario. I'm not completely heartless. I don't 
I know she's fighting for survival now, too, and for her being forgotten as death, she does what she does in hopes of keeping the memory alive. To that end, perhaps my telling her story to the world is a small act of mercy. Maybe the thought I've lent her will ease the pain somewhat. I don't know. But either way, that isn't why I wrote all this. What I've told you, you could could put you in a great deal of danger, but it could save your life, your target, and in months and years, she may well come for you, but I've also given you the knowledge that you need to keep yourself safe. Do not fight her. Don't talk to her. Don't try to outsmart her. Don't investigate. Don't try to understand. Don't be a hero. Don't be a savior. <sighs> if you're, it is my sincere hope that I've given you all the answers you want so you won't make a mistake. Investigate further. This is one and only thing you need to do to be safe. If you see her, turn off the, the game. What the fuck does that mean? That's the end. Fuck you. Fuck you. I hope you fucking set yourself on fire. Waste of time, asshole. This one's called The Photograph, and this is gloriously short. My friend took this picture of his cousin in their new house. He says it was just like the two of them were there, but it's not what it looks like. What? <sighs> okay, so let's click on that link. My friend took this picture of his cousin in their new house, and he says it was... He says it was like just the two of them there, but that's not what it looks like. What the fuck? Why can't you fucking speak English, asshole? Oh, wow. Ooh, that's spooky. But, yeah, it's fucking someone wearing a Michael Myers mask. Nice try, asshole. A friend of mine showed me how to use Google Maps. I'm sure you've seen it. It lets you use satellite images to look at locations all over the world. A few years ago, I'm 90% certain I've already read this. I totally have read this story to you before, and I will not be making that mistake again. Huh. Weird. <sighs> okay, here we go. This is going to be the final conclusion with the 20 two-line horror stories. Because to keep up with the namesake of stories less enjoyable and as short as my penis... 20 terrifying two-sentence horror stories for your slight, uh, for your partial satisfaction, I guess. I woke up to hear knocking on glass. At first, I thought it was a window until I heard it come from the mirror. Oh, God. I hate fucking mirrors, man. I hate them. I hate them. Hate them. Ugh. The last thing I saw was my alarm clock flashing 12.07 before she pushed her long, rotting nails through my chest and her other hand muffling my screams. That's fucking hot. I sat bolt upright, relieved it was a dream, but I saw as my alarm clock read 12.06, and I heard my closet door open. Fuck you. Growing up with cats and dogs, I got used to the sounds of scratching at the door while I sleep. Now that I leave alone, or excuse me, now that I live alone, it's much more unsettling. Ugh. In all the times that I've lived alone in this house, I swear to God, I've closed more doors than I've opened. Oh, God. Man, he must live with a woman. Uh. <clears throat> Sorry. A girl heard her mom yell her name from downstairs. So she got up and started to head downstairs. As she got to the stairs, her mom pulled her into the room and said, Don't. I heard that, too. Oh, God. She asked why I was breathing so heavily. I wasn't. Ugh. My wife, wife woke me up last night to tell me there was an intruder in our house. Uh, she was murdered by an intruder two years ago. Ooh, it's dark. I awoke to the sound of the baby monitor crackling with a voice comforting my firstborn. As I adjusted to a new position, my arm brushed against my wife, sleeping next to me. Ugh, God, these are good. I always thought my cat had a staring problem. 
She always seemed fixated on my face until one day that I realized she was looking behind me. Oh, God. There's nothing like the laughter of a baby, unless it's 1 a.m. and you're home alone. Fucking hey. I was having a pleasant dream when what sounded like a hammer woke me, and after that I could barely hear the muffled sound of the dirt covering the coffin over my own screams. Oof, that's, that's fucking dirty. I can't sleep, she whispered, crawling into bed with me. I woke up cold, clutching the dress she was buried in. Ugh. I began tucking him into bed, and he says, Dad, check for monsters under my bed. I look underneath for his amusement and see him, another him, under the bed, staring back at me and whispering, Dad, that's not me on my bed. Ugh. <laughs> uh, oh, God. You get home, tired after a long day's work, ready for relaxing, not alone. Get the Jergens lotion, got the pay-per-view on. You reach for the light switch, but your hand brushes another one. Hey, the stranger. I think that's all just a fucking weird analogy for jerking yourself off with a hand that's falling asleep. I can't move, breathe, speak, or hear, and it's dark all the time. If I knew it would be this lonely, I would have been cremated instead. Yeah, yeah, all right, fucking emo Reddit. She went upstairs to check on her sleeping toddler. The window was open. The bed was empty. Her name was Mrs. Clapton. Too soon? <laughs> I never go to sleep, but I keep waking up. Same, though. I know that feeling. My daughter won't stop crying and screaming in the middle of the night. So I visit her grave and ask her to stop, but it doesn't help that much. <sighs> Fucking emo kids. After working a hard day, I come home to see my girlfriend cradling our child. I don't know what's more frightening, seeing my dead girlfriend and stillborn child or knowing that somebody broke into my apartment to place the corpses in the rocking chair. Ugh. <laughs> oh. All right. There's a picture in my phone of me sleeping in my house. I live alone. I hate that. <laughs> well, those were pretty strong fucking notes. Wow. Terrifying. All right. Well, those were all fucking pretty strong. I've got to say, the first, like, half of this episode, I was not optimistic with the arbitrary choice of fucking scary story, but those were frightening. I'm not going to say I'd lose sleep. But that did definitely made my asshole pucker up. Oof. And on that note, that is indeed going to be the last story of the evening. And I'm going to take it away with a quick shouts out to the top cities of fan base, like the highest fan base cities. The cities in which I am most popular or have the most congested amounts of listeners. I definitely have a very specific demographic type and I appreciate you guys. So uh, while this loads up, if you guys would ever like to tell me to go fuck my mother or how much you hate me, please don't hesitate to reach out by, and do so at anthologyofhorror.com. Or you can send me an email at springheeljack at anthologyofhorror.com. Yes, and I will try my very best to get back to you ASAP because I value your opinion and I value your time. And I try to make this podcast catered to what you guys would like. I'm fucking friendly and I'm not charging you for it just because I know how annoying it is to listen to some fucking limp dick asshole trying to sell you a toaster for fucking 45 minutes in between like him poorly summing up a historical event what's up no I'm not calling anyone out in particular I don't listen to anyone else's podcast other than my own why because I'm an asshole but thank you all of you for making this dream come true my girthy and king sized ego 
needs to be stroked by somebody other than myself once in a while. And you guys do that every time you listen. So please tell your friends if you have any. Tell your family if you have any. Or just uh, spread the word about this podcast, please, because it's always nice to see that my ramblings, my incoherent rambling is appreciated. On that note, let's get to it. My stats. Where are you at? Last episode. Locations. Almost there, guys. Internet's really slow when you haven't paid for it. <laughs> and that being said, you can get to the link to my Patreon on anthologyforward.com, and you can see the link in the top right corner for Patreon. All right. Oh, wow. I am coming back home. So last episode, the most popular city was Los Angeles, California, followed by the ever-reliable Houston, Texas, and then Salt Lake City, Utah. Son of a bitch. Welcome, Utah, Salt Lake City. And for the first time on this top five list, Portland, Oregon, followed by, once again, reliable Texas, Dallas. Chicago, no fucking shit, Windy City, huh? Charlotte, North Carolina, Phoenix, Arizona, Seattle, Washington, Orlando, Florida, Anaheim, California, no shit. Austin, Texas, Texas again, huh? Denver, Colorado, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, man, you guys listen a lot. I'm sorry if I keep butchering this name. Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Evergreen, Colorado, Perrysburg, Ohio, Brooklyn, New York, Brentwood, Tennessee, Columbus, Ohio, San Antonio, Texas, and Springville, Utah, and Salem, Oregon. And, oh, another Texas. <laughs> El Paso. I appreciate you guys. I can see the listeners go up in those cities every fucking week. You guys are consistently climbing the charts. I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you for tuning back in. It's really nice to have a consistent base of people to listen to my bullshit. Actually inspiring me to read more and learn stuff, which is good because I was just uh, not. But... That's all for today. Thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate you guys. This has been another episode of the Anthology of Horror. I am your host, Aaron Springfield Jack, and until next time, stay spooky.